Welcome to the Weave Your Bliss podcast. I'm your host, Paula Crossfield, a Vedic astrologer and business coach helping you to live in your purpose. And that is what this podcast is all about. So let's jump right in to the conversation. Welcome to Weave Your Bliss. I'm Paula. I'm so grateful that you're here. And I have a wonderful guest for you today who I think you'll enjoy. But before we jump in, I do want to remind you that the 2023 Astrology Guidebook is now available. This is my handpicked lay low and auspicious dates from the astrological calendar from the Pachong, the placements of the planets for next year. I've gone through all the days of the year and really chose dates that I think would be standout dates for launching a project, uh, signing contracts and showing up in the world. And then by contrast, resting, doing spiritual practices. There's also all the Indian holiday dates, which change according to the moon, plus all the new moons, full moons, eclipses, their nakshatra location, what that means. And you can pop it all into your Google calendar and you'll have more details there in the description and follow along throughout the year. And then of course, you'll be on my newsletter list if you sign up for it, which means you'll get my insights into it as we are moving through it. So uh, what are you waiting for? That is in the show notes. So you can sign up there. Plus all of the funds, 100% of the profits go to a school for underprivileged kids in Varanasi called Asha Deep. And then also it is split with a an indigenous led environmental organization. Also, just to say this is the last day to get my course Magnetize Your Dream Clients for $67. It's normally $297. It's a three-part workshop class. It's about two and a half hours and you get a workbook. And this really helps you to dial in how you're working with social media, building a prosperity altar, some mindset work, And then also some very practical things about building relationships and getting the word out there about what you do so that you can dial in and invite those ideal clients. So there's a link in the show notes for that as well. And now I would like to introduce my guest, Chanel Annette, who is an Ayurvedic preconception coach and advanced Ayurvedic practitioner in training who loves to teach women hoping to get pregnant about Ayurvedic wellness routines, potent Ayurvedic plant and herbal remedies for balancing your body and mind, and how to clean up your lifestyle and home environment with non-toxic tips and tricks. Determined, nurturing, captivated by flowers, she loves permaculture, backpacking, and studying in her four-year advanced Ayurvedic practitioner program. I am so excited to introduce Chanel to you and her work. We talk so much about the beauty of Ayurveda, how it provides for women in particular during these very special times of life. She gives some really practical tips. So I I really hope you enjoy this episode. Chanel is a a coachee of mine. And so you'll get to hear about what it's like for her to work with me. And I'm really excited to share this interview. So I hope you enjoy. Hello, Chanel. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. So excited to be here. I'm super excited. Me too. I'm I'm thrilled to have you. Thank you. What I'm curious with to just start is to talk a little bit about your journey and how you came to 
first of all, working with women around pregnancy and then also just Ayurveda. Did you come to Ayurveda? Yeah. So my background, I've always worked with families in an intimate setting. It started a long, long time ago, just working really intimately as a professional nanny and with mamas in their home. And after I had my own kids and went through my own struggles of uh, the challenges of postpartum and the physical difficulties after giving birth, I wanted to do the doulas of North America certification and then got pregnant with my second kiddo. So that got put on a pause. But I always wanted to work with women And after my kids got a little bit older, I decided to jump back into that after a big um, year of transition and change and started looking around in my area for women who were doing the same thing, who were working with postpartum women and decided to pursue that certification. And then as I was looking, I found Ayurveda Sadhana which is an Ayurvedic college here in Colorado, it turns out that they have this amazing Ayurvedic nutrition and support doula program. So it was really the best of both worlds where I my desire to work with women and support women was then further supported by finding this finding this college and being able to jump into that program. And so After meeting several people and getting introduced to Vedic culture and then joining this program, that was kind of my end to Ayurveda. So tell me, because I know you really are focusing on the preconception time. So tell us why. Like, why do you think that that's the place to start? Right. Well, I was so inspired during my program learning about pregnancy and about postpartum and really realize that the process of being conscious in the way that you approach your health starts well before you actually are pregnant and well before you actually are in that postpartum time and after before you've had your baby so i wanted to expand my services to women so that they could have a better pregnancy and postpartum. And that starts in preconception. So the Ayurveda talks about the importance of that moment of conception, the actual moment as being really, really vital. So the state that the woman's mind is in is then going to mean that's the state of her body. When that moment of conception happens, you are actually creating that foundation for the baby as well and that baby's constitution. So as per Ayurveda, you talk about like their, the constitution that they have for life and that's created at that moment of conception. So one of the reasons that I think preconception is so important is because really it's a domino effect of being able to change the trajectory of 
suprajata, which my Ayurvedic teacher talks about as being like that next generation. If you have a healthy woman who has cleared her channels, who has balanced her body, who has rejuvenated her body and come to a place of ease in her mind, then where the mind goes, the body follows. And then you have that health and vitality there that then enhances your fertility and will enhance your entire experience of conception, of pregnancy, of postpartum, and of your children. So what does it look like? What are some of the things that Ayurveda recommends? for women who are in that preconception period? And how do you work with people? Yeah. So in our culture, there's so much focus on cleansing, cleansing, cleansing. It is important. And in my advanced practitioner program that I'm in, this is something we focus on a ton in our classes and with the clients that come through is it is important to clear your channels. Because if you are going to make any progress in the mind or the body, you have to make a clear path first. Um, So while cleansing is important and clearing the channels is important, there is a piece that I think goes missing in a lot of our cultures thinking of health, which is that rejuvenation piece. So As for Ayurveda, you clear your channels, you create a pathway, and then whatever imbalances are there in the body, then those can be treated, those can be looked at, those can be helped to bring back into balance. And then there's this beautiful piece that includes rejuvenation. And so, because if you try to do those rejuvenative practices before those other two steps of clearing the channels and then balancing the body, everything's just going to get blocked up and there's too much happening. So this beautiful piece of rejuvenation is so important in preconception. It's what builds up all of your tissues in the body. It's what literally going from the blood all the way through the seven tissues that Ayurveda talks about down to the shukra, which is, you know, that most subtle tissue that we have in the body. And that is related to our reproductive system. So when I am working with women in that preconception timeframe who are hoping to get pregnant, the path that we follow is taking that intake and making sure that we do the clearing of the channels with specific practices and herbal formulations. We are able to find balance in a sustainable way in their body. And then we do these rejuvenative practices. And those can include a number of things with the mind and with the body. Do you want me to talk about the specifics of those things? Sure. Would you just share maybe some of your wisdom around what somebody could do? Like what would be a simple thing that someone could do if they're thinking about becoming pregnant? Or just give us an example of how Ayurveda supports women during this period. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to say about what you can do. I really think that when we're looking to make changes, it's often best to start slowly. And for the go-getters out there, (laughs) 
I understand the desire to just get a big list and do all of it at once. But often that can lead to burnout. And then it's not sustainable. So starting simply and slowly is really important. And I like to start with this notion of the Dinacharya, which in Ayurveda is that daily routine and rhythm of practices that will support your vitality and your well-being. So simple things like when you wake up in the morning, having a big tall or two big tall glasses of warm water. And you can, according to your constitution, you can change whether you do lemon or something else in there. There, There's different things that you can tweak and, and fit to who you are. But that gets your peristalsis going. And one of the most important pieces of Ayurveda is your digestion. So when we have a strong digestion, then everything else in the body falls in line. So on top of just having that warm water, it's making sure that you are nourishing yourself with foods that are appropriate for your constitution at appropriate times and at regular times during the day. So eating regularly at regular times during the day, super important. Eating according to your body type, your dosha is also really important and practitioners can help you with that. And then there are really lovely practices once you kind of get to that rejuvenative state. Abhyanga, you may have heard of it is... I mean, I know you have heard of it, Paula, but a lot of people have heard of Abhyanga. But if if it's new to many who are listening, it is this beautiful warm oil application onto the body that is not a deep massage, but you're actually just massaging it onto the skin. And it's a lymphatic healing process that happens with the body. And it's really rejuvenative for the body. And it helps with it with lubricating our joints. So Abhyanga is another beautiful practice. One of the things one of my favorites. Yeah, it's so good. It's <laughs> so good, especially during the colder months. And of course, there's there can be contraindications um, for Abhyanga, but practitioners can also help with that information too. But for the most part, it is a really great practice for most people at most times. One of my favorite things for kindling the Agni, which in Ayurveda is our digestive fire that I've learned is to have two, if you get fresh ginger root and fresh turmeric root, and just getting some slices, like two coins of each ginger and turmeric root, and having that a half an hour before you eat your meals, it will actually stimulate your digestive system and help you to digest and assimilate your food a lot better, which is really important because malabsorption is something that you want to pay attention to, especially when you are trying to make sure that you're getting all of your nutrients when you're preparing for pregnancy. Mm. Those are great tips. And I know like you specialize too in helping with body, mind, and then the environment as well. Like you have a lot of knowledge about that. So I don't know if you want to talk about that piece as well. Yeah, I love all of it. It's so fun to talk about. <laughs> When I, well, before I became a mom, 
I went on this whole journey of learning more about the health of food and uh, organic food versus non-organic and what's sprayed on our crops and choosing to purchase locally. So food was really my gateway into this new orientation around what it means to reduce the toxic load that we as humans are exposed to. Exactly. We just are. We're Mm. exposed to a lot in our air and in the fabrics that are around us and so many you can go on and on. But food was my gateway. And then through my time in college, I really began to learn a lot more about the environmental toxins that are out there and just slowly but surely decided to chip away at reducing that toxic load. So yeah, in my working with women, it's three leafed. I like to say instead of threefold because I love my plants and herbs. (laughs) So the first is working with the mind. The second is working with the body. And that third piece is is working with the environment. And there are innumerable ways to reduce your toxic load in your environment from personal care products to house products. I mean, the sky is really the limit. So I like to just meet women where they are at. Perhaps they are already pretty far along in some facets of their environment when it comes to reducing the toxic load. And and perhaps they would like to focus on specific areas. Because quite frankly, it can be overwhelming to go down those rabbit holes. And it's extremely time consuming. So the benefit is that I've gone down through quite a lot of rabbit holes and learned all of it. And having my own children really was a catalyst for wanting to do that even more. And you have lots of resources too, like in your back pocket. So if people are looking for specific non-toxic things, you have resources for them. For sure. So you're, you've got all the research. For sure. It's like been done. <laughs> it's been done. And if there mm. is something that I'm on the fence about or curious about, it's quite easy for me at this point now to go to the resources that I know and trust and be able to find an answer pretty quickly. But it definitely took Mm. some years to get to that point of being able to just like find answers right away for and or solutions, really, for my particular lifestyle. But yes, well resourced for sure. And I'm grateful for that. So tell me why it is that you really love to do this work specifically. I know you, you've told me that you wished you had this when you were going through pregnancy. You wish you had this knowledge. So could you talk a little more about that? Yeah. I definitely think that as with many of us, we have our experiences. And when we remember those experiences, they can often be motivation to further our path of how we want to extend ourselves. And that's definitely the case with me. Like I mentioned, I did have really challenging pregnancies. And after the birth of my daughter was particularly challenging postpartum with injuries, and I couldn't even walk for quite some time. So it's really intense. Luckily, I didn't have 
quite of an as an intensive an experience after having my son postpartum. But regardless, the effects of not having proper care in pregnancy and postpartum are cumulative. So it has taken me quite some time to heal all of those effects. And I'm still doing that. We're all still in progress. And that's for me too. I'm still in progress of healing myself. But yes, my experiences in pregnancy and postpartum definitely have been a catalyst for my passion and motivation to work with women because not only did I learn so, so much in my Ayurvedic program for pregnancy and postpartum, I'm continuing to learn now in my practitioner program how many supportive practices there are for women. And it feels really important to me to take everything that I've learned and am learning and use that to support other women who may be in a situation where they want to be more conscious before they step into that role of becoming a parent. So my why is much bigger than just wanting to help women have babies. My goal is to help women cultivate their own true wellness and vitality through the wisdom of Ayurveda. And yes, particularly in the preconception and pregnancy and postpartum times. But when we have women who have the knowledge of Ayurveda and these ancient practices, then they are in a place where they have sustainable practices that they can carry on throughout their life, not just in preconception and moving forward. And when you have the knowledge to come back to home, if you stray too far, then it's sustainable and they become ongoing self-care practices. So I like to say that my goal is to help there be more thriving women through the Mm -hmm. use of Ayurveda's wisdom. And it can be just an intense time when women are wanting to get pregnant. A lot of things can be shifting and changing and opening. And so it's like a really powerful time to make those shifts. Really inspiring. For sure. And it's also tender too. It's exciting Mm. to be feeling ready for pregnancy, but it can also be tender. And that's that piece of the mindset that I really find to be one of the most important pieces of the one-on-one coaching that I do because it's inspiring to be ready to bring a whole new soul into your experience. But there's also things that come up. Perhaps you didn't have the best childhood or experience with your parents, or perhaps there's doubts about your own capacity to be a parent. Perhaps you're trying to suss out best ways to cope with your own personal stress. And these things are so important to acknowledge, identify, and then be able to shift So that when you are ready to conceive, you
to really live more consciously. And I like to say, where the mind goes, the body follows. This is why in my coaching, we focus on the mind first and the body and then the environment because the mind really is the catalyst for all change that we're going to experience in the body and then outward from there. So I know you've talked a little bit about Ayurveda and, you know, it's kind of import how it's really inspired you. But can you talk a little bit more about like, what is it about Ayurveda that you love? And I know a lot of listeners also are very interested in Ayurveda. And but it's, it's nice to hear how people respond to it. Yeah. Ayurveda for me has been like a coming home. The beautiful thing about Ayurveda is it does not matter how old you are, what phase of life you're in, where you've been, or where you're going. There is the beauty of Ayurveda that just meets you right there in real time and has the power to support you and heal you. I have been hard pressed so far. And I know many other people who have studied Ayurveda have been hard pressed to find where Ayurveda does not have some sort of answer (laughs) to something regarding being a human being. That is really potent to sit with. Of course, the Vedas are the most ancient texts that we have available to humanity. And Ayurveda, which is taken from the Vedas and other Vedic texts, is time-tested and has been shown to be so healing for people no matter where they're at in life. So I really appreciate that. And I've experienced the, the power of it myself and my own experience because if there's willingness to really look at yourself and be willing to heal yourself and your mind and then the body when you really have willingness to go down that path, Ayurveda will meet you there. And change just happens inherently through that. So I so appreciate all of those things about it. And really, my my passion for Ayurveda comes from what I've experienced. I love it. So for listeners who are astrology aficionados, <laughs> I have Chanel's chart here. And you might be interested to know that she's in her Jupiter period. And, you know, Jupiter relates to children. So it's very telling that you, you know, would be in this period. Also, Jupiter rules the fifth, which is the house of creation and children. And then also the eighth, which is like our reproductive system, you know, and it's Jupiter has gone to the 10th. So her work would be around those kinds of themes. Um, so it's, it's really fascinating to, to see how that plays out. And then also you have Venus rising. And I, I always see Venus in a prominent place when somebody does Ayurveda. The Venus just to me, it's like with Western medicine, I often see Saturn influencing the sixth house of some kind, like if somebody's a doctor or a nurse or something. But Venus being around or interacting with that can often drive someone to be interested in something that's more, you know, I see Ayurveda as having this inherent beauty and kind of 
echoing the natural world and things like that. And, and that's very Venusian. So it makes sense, you know, to see that in your first house. Yeah, it's so fun. <laughs> How does it feel? <laughs> How does it feel to have like somebody reflecting your chart to you and you know, we work together as well. So how does understanding your personal astrology help you in your business and your life? Yeah, it feels amazing to sit down with you and be able to have a deeper understanding of my experience. I remember just crying after my first session with you because I had never had my chart read and had been just coming out of a really... Well, not quite coming out, but was really in a very big transition in my life. So to sit down with you and be able to hear everything reflected back to me with such accuracy was super powerful. And it definitely hit the feels for sure. Just to know that I can trust myself. And that has been a huge theme of the work that you and I have done together is learning to trust who I am and that I am in this beautiful place in my life and my desires can be trusted. My desires to want to heal myself and honor myself and to want to use that and extend into supporting other women, those desires can be trusted. And I so appreciate having that in the moment support from you with what's going on in my chart. And it has helped me tremendously to understand maybe why I've experienced some challenges and also why I have things like just rocketing out with my interests in Ayurveda and learning. So it's really fun and fascinating. So what does it mean to you to live in your purpose? That's really the theme of this podcast. So what does that mean to you? One of the biggest things that I have been practicing. It sounds so simple, but it is really a practice for me is learning how to be present in my experience right now and not to live in memory, which is our past or imagination, which is the future. That feels like a huge foundation for living in my purpose. Because when I'm able to do that, there's this experience of living more consciously. And when I feel the feelings of being in my body and being in the present experience, everything seems to click in a lot easier. And I find that my inspiration comes with ease. I'm just generally happy and feeling more in my natural state and just enjoying 
life. And that's the place that I want to stay. That's the place that I want to extend myself from when I am in my dynamics with my children, when I'm in my dynamics with friends and family and other relationships. I want to be in that present place where I feel like I'm in my most natural state of being and feeling happy and at ease and joyful and inspired because there is where I feel myself and safe and there's an inherent trust that all is well and as it should be. So living in my purpose has been it's an evolving, that's an evol- like the answer to that evolves, right? But that's what that's feeling like to me right now. I feel like that helps me to meet other people, like I was saying, in those dynamics. It helps me to meet them in a much more potent and authentic way. Beautiful. So I have a few rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready for I'm those? I'm ready. <laughs> so what is one piece of advice that has really helped you in your life? Right now, the theme of advice that I feel like I've been getting is to love myself and all that that means, like finding all those beautiful ways to love and honor myself. And when I do that, then everything else and how I am with other people is going to just be so much better. That notion of like loving who you are, really, really loving who you are has been really powerful for me. There's so many layers too, right? For sure. <laughs> it's like, you're like, I'm really good at this. Wait a minute. <laughs> for sure. As we see, as we see come up in like in my business coaching with you, that's the thing about the mindset pieces that you, there are layers to that, but it's beautiful to unfold them and to, and to get into them. Cause I mean, what else, what else to do, but, but work towards that. Yeah. And like I've told you many times and you know, the work you do, you're working with women who are in this intense process. And I'm working with people who are start, you know, who are either like fully in a business trying to evolve it, you know, or who are like in the throes of trying to figure out who they are in the business. And it brings up a lot. And it's a real like proving ground for your spiritual practices, which I think is so beautiful because it just brings it to the next layer, you know? So for sure. It's really good advice to just try to love yourself through all of it. (laughs) For sure. Absolutely. And give yourself lots of grace, which is a form of loving yourself. (laughs) So uh, similar to that, when you feel anxious, confused, or frustrated, what's the first thing you do to ground Mm. yourself? Yeah, I think I definitely just try to actually notice where I am in the room and where my body is. Because the mentation of feeling stressed and feeling anxiety or frustrated is all, it's all in that mind. And then the body starts to follow. So I definitely try to sit down. Sitting down helps me a lot. Literally sitting down and grounding myself on the ground has been really helpful. And noticing, okay, where in the body am I feeling whatever it is that I'm feeling and allowing it to be there. Another great piece of advice that I've been given has been to allow the pain 
Because when we don't allow the pain, then we end up suffering. So that has been so life changing for me is to allow the pain to be there, allow the feelings to be there. So when I feel something intense, I've been really practicing allowing it and allowing it without judgment and noticing in my body where it is, letting it move, giving myself spaciousness to let it move the deep breaths, the slow breaths, and being patient. And then trusting this isn't going to be here forever. This isn't going to last forever. This is going to happen now. And it is happening now. And then it's going to move. And then I can move on and be better from it. So as simple as it sounds, sitting down and just being present again, noticing and allowing for everything to just be there has really changed my life. So on a lighter note, what is your favorite hot beverage? (laughs) (laughs) Well, lately it's been the tea that you shipped me. (laughs) So for those listening, it's chai and I'm having some right now. So (laughs) man, I feel like I should be a sponsor for, for the chai walla of Vermont. It's so delicious. I've been really enjoying that a lot lately for sure. But I will say that my favorite drink that I have is it's in the evenings and it's called a sheer puck. So you take a cup of water, you take a cup of milk, you can use cow milk, you can do organic plant-based milk, and you take a cup of water and a cup of milk, and you boil it with some maybe two to three strands of saffron and four dates. And if you've gotten to the point where you are in a more rejuvenative part of your healing practice with Ayurveda, you can also add some shatavri, which is a beautiful herb, particularly for women and their hormonal balancing. You can add some shatavri and you let that boil down until it's one cup. And it's so delicious. And all of the saffron, the medicinal properties of the saffron and the dates and the shatavri just go right into the milk. And it helps me sleep like a baby at night. It's amazing. (laughs) It's incredible. That sounds amazing. Do you have a morning routine? And what part is non-negotiable? My morning routine is everything to me. And when I do it, I feel so balanced and so grounded. I try to start my day with waking before the sun comes up. Getting the sunlight um, during that time is really great for just that's where your circadian rhythm starts is being able to see the those um, early morning sun rays. So yes, I am up early every morning. And I spend some time at my altar. I do my Abhyanga, warm oil massage, um, warm oil application on the body. My rising sign is the sun. So my ruling planet is the sun. And I've always felt very connected to the sun. So I have uh, Surya Namaskar that I do the postures in the morning and offer water to the sun 
And then a non-negotiable for me is saying the Hanuman Chalisa. That has been one of the most life-changing and potent practices that I have added to my life. And I cannot go a day without saying it. And if I'm home, then I will play it um, on the harmonium, which I've been learning this past year. Um, Something that people might not know about you. Yeah, I love plants and gardening and permaculture. This past summer, I went and got my permaculture design certificate in the mountains of Colorado. Absolutely love growing plants and herbs and making my own herbal medicine and having a garden and being barefoot in the soil is where you will find me Mm. most of my summers. Even try to be barefoot during the winter here in Colorado because I love being outside so often. But it is so exciting when spring rolls around and I get to do my starter plants and plant the herbs and the permaculture practices, having it be around uh, sustainable growing practices and sustainable lifestyle has been a huge passion of mine forever. So it was really exciting to get my design certificate. And I hope to incorporate designing eco villages and permaculture and incorporating permaculture into that in my future. So what are you reading right now? Or what's a book that you would suggest? As I'm looking up at my mantle with so many books right now. (laughs) I Mm -hmm. have so many books that I am reading. It's almost too many. But again, with being in the period that I'm in with the Jupiter period of just like learning and absorbing information, it makes sense. So there are some books by Dr. Robert Svoboda that I like to read. One of them in particular is Ayurveda for Women. It's a great book and I really enjoyed it a lot. I also always going back to this book that is a compilation of talks that Ramana Maharshi did. And that almost lives on my nightstand and will indefinitely because it's so rich. And I often find myself going back to that. Those are two. A little bit of Ayurveda on top of all of my Ayurvedic textbooks and everything I'm immersed in in school. I have the Ayurveda for Women from Dr. Robert Svoboda. And then I just love the talks book. It's so good. Wonderful. We'll put links for those in the show notes. Um, So what's one thing bringing you joy in your life right now? Honestly, it's been such a big year for me. And... I'm just really enjoying being with myself, if I'm being honest. I don't know if we should put this in the podcast, but like really what is bringing me joy is learning how to just be with myself and find happiness in the small things because the small things feel so huge to me. They feel so significant to me. I love seeing the early morning sun rays. I love noticing the moon. And I love just paying attention to the moon. 
So it's hard for me to say what's bringing, what's one thing that's bringing me joy because when I talk about being in my purpose, living in the present moment, it's really me learning how to just enjoy mostly everything. It's learning how to be present and enjoy my life and be happy with the little things. And from that, then I have so much joy in everything. I have so much joy in, in crafting this one-on-one coaching container. I, and I have so much joy in being a practitioner student. I have so much joy working with women. I have so much joy reading. I have so much joy being a mother. Not that life is always like that, but when I can bring myself to that present moment, then I really enjoy mostly everything. And, and the people that I am so grateful to have in my life too, just enjoying being around them. Well, tell us more about where people can find out how to work with you and where they can find you online. Yeah. So I have my website, bijavitality.com. You can find all the information there about the one-on-one preconception and preparing for pregnancy coaching that I do with women who are planning to and hoping to become pregnant. And you definitely can find me on Instagram at Bija Vitality, where you can kind of see the fun little day-to-day things that I'm making. I think I posted the other day in my stories of just like a non-toxic soap nuts shampoo rinse that I was making. So you can see the little sneak peeks into things that I'm making and doing and stay in touch with what I have going on there. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Chanel, for being here. Really appreciate your time. Thank you, Paula. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you taking the time to have me on the show. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Weave Your Bliss podcast. We hope it was inspiring for you. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave a comment for us. I want to thank the team at Team Podcast who helped get this podcast out to you. And also to thank the musicians who were the creators of this beautiful music we're listening to now. It comes from an album, Fragments of a Season, by Alexis Georgopoulos and Jeffrey Cantula-Desma. So check it out wherever you get your music. Have a wonderful day, and we will connect soon on a future episode. Mm -hmm.